When we come to the Lord, Pastor Ray Bentley reminds us, Jesus gives us everything we need. You come to Jesus and love Him and trust in Him. Open your mind and your heart and your soul and say, Lord, You are my Savior and You are my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. He blesses you with forgiveness. He blesses you with eternal life. He blesses you by, by bringing the kingdom of heaven to your soul. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Jesus doesn't really need our help. The Lord is fully self-sufficient. In addition to his matchless power, he has angelic resources beyond measure. But by contrast, we need him for everything. Well, today, Pastor Ray points out that fortunately, Jesus is everything we need. Let's listen. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. As Jesus multiplies in this miracle bread to feed a vast multitude. So, beginning in verse 10. It says, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. And then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. This is going to be the tremendous miracle where Jesus feeds 5,000. Actually, there were probably more than that. They only would count the men. So there are women and children as well. So it could be as many as 15,000 to 20,000 people that he fed. And by the way, this is the turning point of Jesus' ministry. We've been following him here in Luke, the first nine chapters, mostly right along the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He will now turn and go to the coastal cities along the Mediterranean shore of Tyre, Sidon, Caesarea, Philippi, and then he will move on the other side of Israel to Jordan and Transjordan, the other side of the Jordan River. Finally, he will make his way south to Judea. And then last of all, he will make his way to Jerusalem for that final week called the Passion Week. And um, this miracle is the answer to the question of Herod, who said, who then is this I hear such things about? Um, as we see here in verse 10, the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. So they've been going out, preaching the kingdom, tremendous response. Then he, Jesus, took them and went aside privately into a deserted place. Okay, the disciples have been ministering. They have been uh, sharing with people, witnessing to people. And I want to remind you of a challenge that I give to you and myself and all of us. It is said that only, that 95% that of all Christians have never led another person to the Lord. And so I wanna give the challenge, hey, let's, I mean, we don't, we can't convert people, but we can share our faith and we can give the opportunity for people to come to Christ. Here's what I would like to ask and to believe God for, that all of us would have the privilege of perhaps leading at least one person to Christ in this next year. How many are with me? You with me? Let's do it. 
Let's go share our faith and be ready to give an answer. Now, some of you are probably saying, but I'm not, you know, like you, and I don't know all of these things, and, and you get tongue-tied and get very anxious about evangelism. Uh, how many of you feel that way? Okay, you don't need to raise your hands, but probably a lot of you. And, um, you know, so what can you do? Here's one thing that you can do and that I have found in my own life um, and kind of what the, the Lord sent the disciples out to do. And that was they brought the kingdom by praying for people. In my, you know, years of walking with the Lord, you have a conversation with a person. They know that you are a Christian and you know that they, they're maybe going through a difficult time. And they share just a little bit about what's going on. Somebody they know has cancer. They're worried about their mom. Their brother is doing this or this is going on in their own life. And, and sensitively, but led by the Spirit, you say, wow, man, that, oh, that must really hurt. Would you mind if I prayed for you? I have never in 40 years of being a Christian had any, not, even, not one person, not even an atheist say no. And how many of you know that God answers prayers? So these guys had gone out, tremendous healings had taken place, and it was exhausting uh, for them to pray for people, minister to people, hear the burdens of people, wrestling with you know, who knows what kind of spiritual warfare that was going on and all the rest. And now finally they come back exhausted and they, they want, and Jesus says, okay, guys, let's get away. And here's my interpretation, modern English, let's have a retreat. You guys have been out in the thick of it. You've been in the midst of people pulling on you and tugging on you and miracles have happened and people have been screaming and hollering and, and uh, you've been in chaos and surrounded with noise. Let's go to a quiet place. So they start heading to around the bend and uh, it was from one corner to the next about four miles across. If you walked around the, the lake, it would be about eight miles. But guess what happened? As they begin making their way across, there are some of the people that are so excited who have been radically, miraculously transformed and touched. And they see Jesus. I mean, you know, they could watch him very easily and the little, uh, you know, gaggle of guys that are around him. And they see where he's headed, figure it out, and they run on ahead telling everybody along the way. So how would you like it when you finally get to your retreat center there are thousands of people waving and waiting for you. That's exactly what happened. I imagine that the disciples' attitude was one of, you know, what? I mean, a mixture of disappointment, if not resentment. Oh, no, not more needy people. And they were tired and they were weary and they wanted some private time with the Lord. Maybe you feel like that tonight. And yet I like Jesus' response. He ministered to them. He spoke to them. He taught them about the kingdom of God. We read, then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But, here's the interruption, verse 11, when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he told them to go far away. He wanted a private time with his disciples. Is that what he says? No. He received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Jesus taught probably from the Old Testament. He, he, he did teaching probably expositionally. He taught them with stories and parables. He heralded the kingdom. He called them to live the kingdom of God. 
He called them to the kingdom principles of humility and repentance. He then invited them to receive the kingdom and to inherit the kingdom. And then he did miracles to confirm that in fact, the kingdom of God had come. And so we read beginning in verse 12, and when the day began to wear away. Now, we'd have to have a broader context, but just trust me when I tell you that this is, they're heading towards, Jesus and the disciples are heading toward Passover. So we know that the, the, this is in the springtime. So the days are, are beginning to get shorter and uh, the, the shadows are getting longer. And uh, so the, the day begins to wear away. It has been a long day, a wearying day. And the 12 came to him and said, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we're in a deserted place here. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this, but um, Jesus, there's almost a parallel between Jesus here reenacting in a way what Moses did or what God did through Moses in the wilderness where bread was miraculously provided. But a greater than Moses would come. Even Moses himself prophesied, a greater uh, prophet shall arise to the people one day and give a bread that when you eat of that bread, you shall live. Jesus went on to give the sermon on the bread of life one time after the miracle of multiplying the fish and bread. So they're in this deserted place. The disciples say, send everybody home. Tell them, to, you know, which would have been in the nighttime and a long journey for many of them. But I like what Jesus says in verse 13. He said to them, you give them something to eat. Now, we know we're going on to a miracle. Jesus is going to multiply fish and bread. Why didn't Jesus say, hey guys, don't worry about it. I'm going to do a miracle and I'm going to multiply fish and bread for all these people. Why does he now say, you give them something to eat? Because in fact, what Jesus, yes, of course, Jesus can do a miracle. Yes, Jesus is going to reveal that he has the power to create and multiply and provide. But when he now invites them, you give them something to eat. Notice that when Jesus passed it out, he passed it to the disciples who then passed it out to the people. In other words, verse 13 is an invitation to partnership and ministry. God could do everything all by himself but he wants to, he gives us the privilege of being part of the deal. He could come miraculously and appear in, in bright lights and with angels and preach the gospel and people get saved in that way individually, but he goes, I wanna partner with you guys. I want you to participate in this supernatural divine miracle. How many like being able to participate in a miracle and in something that is divinely inspired? We get to be part of it. And I think that's pretty exciting. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues. To Pastor Ray's family, lots of love and hugs, and God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray 
at raybentley.com or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. And so when he gave them that invitation, okay, you guys give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Another translation says it would take eight months wages to do this. And so then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so. And he made them all sit down. Um, I think that it's amazing here. After so many miracles that Jesus had done, when this need arose, it didn't even occur to the disciples he might do another miracle. And I think that's a lot of times the way we are. God has probably done already great things in our lives, miracles in our lives, dozens of times, hundreds of times, perhaps the older you get, thousands of times. And yet when the, you know, when the time comes that you know, there's a situation bigger than human need, we immediately begin to get panicked and worried and, oh, what's God gonna do this time? Well, probably he'll do what he's always done. He comes through. How many have found that God comes through? That he delivers. And the thing is, he likes to do things, you know, in different ways. And part of growing up as a child of God is realizing the Lord is gonna do something. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm excited to see how he will work a miracle this time. He has never forsaken me. And I know that I can count on him and trust in him. I think it's interesting also in verse 14, he said, make them sit down in groups of 50. What, I don't know if that strikes anybody or not, but Jesus had a little bit of organization. That's a lot of people. Again, 5,000 men, you count women, children, probably closer to 20, maybe even 25,000. Jesus, imagine, you know, so you've got a, a, quite a crowd. And then he says, everybody sit down in groups of 50. Well, they have to all then, you know, count off about 50 and then you have representatives because there were Jesus and then the 12 and they pass it out to the representative of each group of 50. There's organization. Sometimes we think that, oh, being led by the Spirit is just kind of, you know, whimsical and magical dust and, and this, you know, uh, supernatural things just kind of filter down and things just happen. No, God is a God of order. God is a God of structure. Some of you that maybe have a more organizational mind and you're wondering, man, I, I just don't get it. I don't know how I can fit into the things of God and the kingdom. It's also spiritual and supernatural. It seems mystical. No, listen to this. God is the author, yes, of the supernatural. God is the author of that which is ultimately mystical, which is supernatural, which is of his spirit. He is also the author of laws, natural laws, the law of gravity. He is the author of science. He is the author of creation. He is the author of organization. He is the author of order. He is the author of government. He's the author of all of these things. And so some of you that maybe have a little bit more of that engineer side of the brain and thinks and categories and boxes and lists and, and, and order and all of that, God bless you. That is a gift. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter 12, the gifts, one of the gifts of the Spirit is listed as the gift of administrations. We need administrations. 
And uh, so God has called you, bring those skills, bring those gifts and, and contribute them to the body. Don't look down on them in any way. Jesus had them sit down in groups of 50. Make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Now you got a crowd of 25,000 people and everybody's up and they're moving around. There's no order and how, how are you gonna pass out the food? He not only has them in groups of 50, he says, everybody, please sit down. We're gonna pass out bread. And so I think it's interesting that there was some order and some structure. They're all sitting down in groups of 50. Then in verse 16, then Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. So do you think 25,000 eyes are on Jesus right now? 25,000 people see him lift up five loaves of bread. Okay, you're like 24,998, you know, out in the corner. And you say, how many, uh, I saw about one, two, three, four, five loaves of bread. Okay. And then he lifts up two fish, <laughs> one in each hand. Ah, but everybody knows there's an, a feeling of expectation. There's a, an anticipation of something in the air because this isn't anybody. This is not the local rabbi. This is Yeshua of Nazareth. Miracles happen around him. Are you kidding me? They've never seen this before. He is giving thanks. He lifts it up and, and blesses the Father of heaven for the give that he gives bread from the earth and that he has provided this. And he does something very interesting. It says, then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples and set them before the multitude. And so they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Here's a pattern. And I've shared this pattern before, but I, and I love this pattern, and I share the pattern again. Jesus did three things. He blessed Father in heaven for the bread. Secondly, he broke it so that it could be distributed. And thirdly, he passed it out. First to the disciples, then the disciples to the leaders of the groups of the 50, and the leaders of those groups to all the others who were seated as they were sitting in their patterns there. This is the pattern of the Lord in our lives as well. You come to Jesus and love him and trust in him, believe in him, to the best of your ability, open your mind and your heart and your soul and say, Lord, you are my savior and you are my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. He blesses you with forgiveness. He blesses you with eternal life. He blesses you by, by bringing the kingdom of heaven to your soul and having a personal relationship with him, love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. And so he blesses us with salvation. We're born again, born again, brand new when Jesus comes inside your life. Do you know why then that the first thing that you do after you are a believer and you are born anew that you go get baptized in water? Because water is a symbol and type of new birth. And so when a woman is great with child, and then when the time of arrival for that child comes, something called the water breaks. The water breaking is the sign, baby is coming, a brand new life. And so also, uh, again, reminded recently 
that in a way that's what happened to the children of Israel when, when they were in Egypt, those were the birth pangs and when they crossed the Jordan River and the Red Sea, it was actually a type of their being born again as a nation, born anew, rebirth. And so here it's very interesting that Jesus himself, he blesses and then he broke it and then thirdly, he passed it out. That's what the Lord does in your life. And he does it all in his hands. Here's the miracle of Jesus. He blesses you with his hands. He touches you with his hands. The hands that were pierced for you with a nail that was driven through those hands. He touches you and, and he anoints you and, and he fills you with his spirit and with his life. And he makes you a brand new person in his life. He fills you with his spirit. But then the second thing that he does, he breaks us. And that brokenness is in the Bible called a life of repentance. Repentance means what? Change your mind. I want to drive that message home. Repentance is not just pounding the ground. Oh, I blew it. Oh, oh, woe is me and crying and thrashing about. Whatever emotional response is the emotional response to repentance. Repentance in its rawest form is changing your mind. And that's what walking in the Word of God is all about. If you are walking according to the Word of God, then you're walking in the will of God. So we read it daily and we compare our lives. It's like a mirror. I look in the Bible, the Bible says and the, that if I'm a child of the kingdom, I should live this way, but I'm not. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Well, then I need to repent. I need to change my mind. I need to agree with God. So finally there in verse 17. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. I love this. Jesus gives 12 baskets. How many tribes of Israel were there? 12. So I think what he is saying is, I can not only feed 25,000, I can feed all 12 tribes of Israel. And for that matter, I can feed the whole world, take care of them. So at this point in closing, here's what we have seen. Who then is this king? The king who has come and the king who is to come. He is the Lord of nature. Remember the raging sea that Jesus spoke to at his command and it was calmed. He is the Lord of the supernatural. He casts out evil spirits again with his word. He is the Lord of life as he restored this woman's health and he is the Lord of death as he raised a little girl. Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 is in your notes. I love this scripture. Let's read this one out loud together, shall we? For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Wow. Our God is an awesome God. Amen? Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with an important study of the feeding of the 5,000 from chapter 9 in our continuing study tour through the Gospel of Luke. Now, today's study is titled, Jesus is Everything We Need. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. 
That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.